Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And uh, they say it ain't Have their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break, the great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. We're talking about the process at which we do things. I'm not going to lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the pedal. There's no way I'm not going to have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep, own this rep. The New York Jets. We can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my the number one jet fan in the state of Texas, my colleague and co-host Michael Lagaris. Everyone, what's up? How you doing, Jet fans? Mike, I like that you have the picture of you and wifey over the shoulder this week. I see what you're doing, getting those brownie points. I see what's going on there. I also <laughs> want to welcome to the show. You know him. You love him. The big stinking beast, the majestic beast. Wookie's in the building. Wookie, say what's up. What's going on, everybody? Good to see you. And also to help break down this 53-man roster, no one better than the boys from Weapons Hot, CJ the Painkiller, Jimmy Jardine's in the building. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Very happy to have you here. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, and even as we get going here, as we're recording, an hour before we started recording, there's still moves being made here with the Jets. We're going to go through it for everyone. I don't know if there's that many surprises here with the roster. Me and Mike threw out what we thought was going to happen with the 53. We talk about, before we get into this, the majesty of one Joe Douglas and this trade sending Chris Herndon out the door. Chris Herndon, no longer a New York Jet. We've been talking about him on this podcast for three years, how much he stinks, Mike. Fourth round pick, sixth round pick. Before we talk about everything else, I just want to give Joe Douglas his due. Okay, give him a pat on the back, Mike, for the value he's been getting. We were talking about it before the show. Variety of different trades, what this guy's been able to accomplish. It seems like he finds the team that's vulnerable, and he trades them a piece that maybe we don't need, but they do need a fourth and a sixth for Herndon. Mike, what would you think about that trade? I thought it was incredible, and then matched with the Shaq Lawson trade. I mean, it's kind of flipped. You know, you would think that if you told me they were going to get a fourth, give up a fourth for Shaq Lawson, I'd be like, eh. You know, but all right, I'll, I'll eat it. I understand we're a little bit desperate, but he ended up giving up a sixth. And then what did he do? He turns around and uh, gets Mr. Uh, uh, he gets another fourth back. He gets a fourth for Herndon where we drafted him in the fourth round. So it's pretty incredible. I mean, we gave them a six round pick also, but I mean, JD, he's just been constantly doing this. If you look at all the trades he's done, Sam Darnold, you look at Jamal Adams, you look at Leonard Williams. I mean, he's essentially just taking all the scrubs and the okay <laughs> scrubs from the McCagnan era and just turned them into draft capital and then just has been hitting on it. ABT and Zach Wilson and, you know, so on and so forth. So I, I couldn't be more happy with uh, our what our general manager has been doing with the roster. Yeah, what do you think, Jimmy? I haven't had a chance to speak with you in a while. There's been a lot of moves this offseason, a lot of trades, draft picks, et cetera. Um, does it feel kind of strange having a GM that seems like he's so savvy and seems like he's actually making the right decisions? Kind of new for us, right, as Jet fans? It is very new, and and to be perfectly honest, it feels so good to to hear, you know, because initially you hear so and so's on the trade block, or you hear the initial the initial report that so and so got traded, and we've had a decade of going, oh man, what did we get? Which table did we get bent over this time? Or 
You know, you know what I mean? And it feels good to to finally be like, I wonder what we took from those guys. <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's a nice feeling. Um, I think Joe Douglas is doing a fantastic job and in, in speaking before we started recording, I said the whole, the catalyst of this whole thing was the Jamal Adams trade, a trade that I said should happen and would happen almost two years ago. And uh, I think that really sparked um, some respect for the Jets organization across the league as far as, as these trades are concerned. Because, True, man. You know, we've had how many Vikings players? Kirk Cousins and what was that dumb linebacker's name? Anyway. Oh, uh, Barr? Yeah, bar, uh, that, yeah. That guy. Uh, using the Jets as as trade or as trade bait, yeah, sure, to, to get better contracts, and we're seeing none of that anymore. So Joe Douglas has done an amazing job, as is his staff. Uh, his pro scouts are doing a great job. His college scouts are doing a great job. So I'm happy. All right, let's get into this roster here, Michael. Let's go through offense first, if you don't mind. We know who the number one is. Our boy, the golden child, the chosen one, Zachary Wilson. Uh, the backup, though, for me, at least this offseason, and I've been listening to your guys' show, Weapons Hot, you talk about it all the time, too. Um, we don't necessarily have the most experience behind him. We don't have a vet. Wasn't sure what we we're going to do. People like Foles. People don't like Foles. All different directions you can go in. Mike White did make the team, though, Michael. Um, Johnson did not make the team. I, was, I guess I was a little bit of a surprise to some people. That's how I thought it would shake out, just because of this reason. Um, Mike White was here last year, but also Johnson's someone. He's going to be a free agent. Say something happens, worst case, they can just go re-sign him. Um, I don't know another team could pick him up, but that's why I thought they might stick with White. Any surprise there at the quarterback for you, Mike? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you picked Mike White. I picked Johnson. Uh, you were right. I was wrong. I picked Johnson because he looked like the best quarterback behind Zach Wilson that I saw in the preseason. I mean, he got in there and he was just slinging it. He was moving the offense. I mean, I look at Mike White and I'm like, really? You know, I could put Nick Kronk back there and he could probably do a better job, right? Whoa! I mean, Couple uh, plays. You, you Couple can, plays. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then you had James Captain Morgan. Um, obviously, he didn't make the team. I'm yeah. very happy to see that Joe Douglas identified that he drafted a scrub and he moved on from the scrub and that's what a good general manager does they're not sure, sure. prideful they don't hold on right so good for them so yeah i i said johnson just because when i was watching he looked the best now we yeah. can put him on the practice squad excellent um we got mike white in there as the backup just pray that zach wilson doesn't get hurt what do you what do you boys think jimmy and uh painkiller and jackson dj go ahead you go ahead well i tell you i really did not have a doubt um, about the quarterback position because, you know, you have Zach Wilson. He's going to be starting. I would have liked to have a veteran, but I think that the coaching staff here, they feel very confident in the guys that they have here. Um, obviously, Mike White was a front runner in, uh, in training camp. He did shell out, um, although Josh Johnson did look particularly good, so I thought it was a pretty close race. But I guess if you're splitting hairs, they felt that Mike White is the better guy to uh, to sit behind Zach Wilson and, uh, you know, be more of a game manager just in case if, God forbid, something happens to, uh, to Zach Wilson. But that's the route that the New York Jets decided to go. And if the, con if the coaches have full confidence in that decision, then who am I to question? So, I, I mean, I like the decision. I would have liked for them to maybe go out and get a Nick Mullins or possibly dip their toe in the water for Brian Hoyer. Although Brian Hoyer didn't last very long on the waiver wire because the Patriots uh, re-signed him right away. So uh, Nick Mullins ended up signing with Cleveland's practice squad. 
So James Morgan find, finds himself now over in Carolina on their practice squad because he probably would beat out Sam Darnold for the starting job down there. So th- there was probably no chance of him, you know, being able to beat out Zach Wilson for the starting job here. So, and again, just to echo uh, Mike's sentiment there, you know, uh, Joe Douglas realized that, you know, it, 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 was, it wasn't a pick. It didn't work out. So time to cut cut your losses and move on. Same thing like they did with Jabari Zuniga earlier today. Yep, yep. And that's what I want to ask you. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the show. See you in the, in the building there. Happy to have yeah, you here. Let you me throw this at you, man. Isn't it good to good see? And I, and I want to ask you about the, the quarterback position that kept Mike White. Johnson got cut. But that's just a bigger scheme thing when it comes to Zuniga, when it comes to cutting Morgan. Isn't it good to see the general manager not go, I drafted this guy, so I'm going to ride with him, even though he's not that good, which we've seen in the past with many general managers. They want to validate those picks. So maybe yeah. guys stay on the roster way past the time they should be on the squad because the GM doesn't want to look bad. Doesn't seem like our boy Joe Douglas has that problem, does he? No, no, not at all. Um, Joe Douglas, as of right now, um, is really ingratiating himself to everyone in, in, in just land with not just the, you know, I, I think some of the guys that he's been able to bring in and some of the drafts, the, the, the trades, excuse me, the, uh, the draft pick accumulation. Uh, but he really has been smart with, uh, you know, with, with the roster management. Um, I, I think we're at a we're at a place now, and, and this is I, I know we've all touched upon it. We're at a place now that is different from you know how it how it used to be, right? Um, our roster is is kind of shaping up to really be kind of too good to allow uh, you know to to have a miscellaneous scrub here and there sprinkled on your roster. So you know the the, the fact is, um, you know if if he didn't. The, the, the questions that we would have, I think, you know, that it just kind of, it doesn't seem in character, right? Does that, maybe if that makes sense. It doesn't, yeah. mean, it, no, it doesn't I, I, fit within what we know of, sure. of how he's supposed to handle it. So, I, uh, you know, I, I personally kind of wanted Josh Johnson. I'll just be honest. He, he looked a little bit more uh, comfortable. Uh, he looked a little bit more in control, right? Mike White maybe looked a little tentative. I think that has to do with his inexperience. Um. I, I, I don't know. I, I I think what does does the does the final decision come down to who's kind of the best guy to sit in the quarterback room with Zach Wilson and kind of bounce stuff off of and you know kind of be the mature guy. I don't know. Um, yeah. What's the relationship like um, within that? But you know, as far as functional football, I don't know. Josh Johnson just did look a little bit more in control. But uh, I, I guess I'm I'm kind of sitting on the fence. Like like uh, what CJ says. Yeah, you like I like Mike White. Yeah. I kind of like Mike White, but not really. I mean, I, I would hope that we do something, uh, you know. Um, but but see, I'm I'm not one that for uh, that that is, you know, just says, oh yeah, go get a name guy. You know, I I really just I want a guy that that's that knows the system, right? If I want to have somebody talking to Zach, I want that guy to be able to say, you know what, on this, this is what we usually do. What do you see, right? And 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 have it be a, a communicative thing. But you know, no, uh, just right. kinda, like like. JD's in charge. What do we do? Yeah, no, and I agree with you. Again, I, I agree that, you know, I thought they should have went with Josh Johnson. Look, I was wrong on that. Now, the next position group, Keith, 100% right. You know, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, LaMichael P. Ryan, uh, uh, Michael Carter. You nailed it. I picked five. I picked them and I picked Adams because I just couldn't see JD cutting P. Ryan. And I, I, I just... And Adams just looks so good to me. And I'm like, they got to keep Adams. But they didn't. So I was wrong on that. But we got the four. Keith, you nailed it. Jimmy, let me ask you, bro. Did Were you surprised that 
Pirine not so necessarily is on the squad, but that it seemed like the coaches like him so much. It seemed like it wasn't even really a doubt to be on the squad. Um, and Adams got cut, only kept four running backs. What do you think about that, how the running back situation shook out? I'm not surprised that P. Ryan's here at all. I, I, I think that he is, he can be a really good future uh, one-two punch with Michael Carter. I think he, they complement each other really well. I think P. Ryan has more of a of, of that short yardage third down power style to Michael Carter's ability to one cut and go. So I, I like. I like him being on the roster. It doesn't really surprise me. I am really surprised that Josh Adams got the axe because mm -hmm. I mean, Josh Adams, 5.7 yards per carry throughout Oof. the game. As a horse, man, he is a horse. You, and it seemed I... like it seemed like with the group we had, they might keep him just because that'd be kind of the goal line guy, I think. Not that Ty Johnson can't do it. Ty Johnson get in there. P. Ryan too. P. Ryan's a strong guy, strong runner as well. But Josh Adams got some size on him, really hits the hole pretty hard. Seemed like for the, off the offense, we're going to run seemed like a no-brainer guy. So I was kind of, I was surprised he got cut also, the way that that shook out. What do you think, CJ, with the way the running back situation shook out? Any surprises there for you? I'm actually surprised that Piran didn't end up on IR with the with the foot injury that he had. Mm. That was really going to be the deciding factor for me in, in regards to Josh Adams, because I saw a lot of stuff on Facebook and a lot of stuff on Twitter where Piran is not really well-liked amongst the fan base. And I really don't understand why. I mean, the kid doesn't fumble. Catches everything that's thrown at him, runs whatever plays that they do. They put him out there. And I'm sorry to say, you know, this kid's taking some unnecessary flack because they put him in third and long situations. They put him in second and long situations behind a crappy offensive line and asked this kid to go and make chicken salad out of, you know, chicken shit. And it, it's not fair. So the kid got dealt a, a bad hand. See? Plus, 60 snaps last year is not enough to really no. fully evaluate, you know, a, a a running back, especially when we were running an offensive system by, you know, a, a, an admitted meth head and, and you know, uh, God knows what <laughs> else is going on. So speaking hey. of which, <laughs> coaching job someplace else, I don't even want to get into that. But nevertheless, I, you know, I digress. P. Ryan, I expected to be on IR, and I expected Josh Adams to make this roster mm. in which P. Ryan would have probably been eligible to play week six, week seven, or week eight, the way IR works out, in which he would have been able to be fresh so that way they can inactivate one of those guys and give some of those guys a rest. Sure. So I, was, I, was, I was a bit surprised by Josh Adams getting cut. I don't know if he's eligible to go back to the practice squad. I could see him being picked up someplace else. Yeah, if the Jets have the opportunity to to, to retain him somehow. Uh, they they need to do it because that kid's done nothing but just gain yards. So CJ, you said um, you don't understand why Jeff fans are down on the Michael P Ryan. Right. You remember? Do you remember when you were a kid when we watched Charlie Brown and Charlie Brown would walk in a room? And the adults would talk, and you'd hear. That's what I hear or sit here when I see the Michael P. Ryan run. It's like the boringest, most. There's no nothing. There's no juice. Nothing electric. When I see Ty Johnson hit the hole, you're hearing the Charlie Brown going. 
But Michael Pirine is carrying five defenders on his back for 15 yards. Wait, Come wait, on. guys. guys. Oh, I we, got, seen we, that we, we, we have to. We're just going to glaze right over that Mike just had a stroke. Go ask Jamal Adams. Mike is, Mike is now your, hearing sights. One of the Michael Pirine's highlights is carrying <laughs> Jamal Adams' sorry ass on his back for 15 yards when the uh, game okay, is all right, all right. Well, right. Right. to be fair, to be fair, I mean, Pirine didn't have Pirine didn't have many highlights last year. That might have been one of them. The tape might stop after that one. Um, if we're going to be honest about it, but I'm not. But I'm not jumping off. I'm not jumping off the bandwagon. I think if if, uh, if you only get 60 carries and you have a 48 year old running back in front of you like he did, it just mind. Especially with the way the team was going as the year went on. We talked to you guys last year about this. It's like we stink. You drafted this running back. You don't give him any chance. Just go give him see, give give a month, give four weeks to the kid getting 20 carries. Let's see what the deal is. Right. So I feel is. like for him, the jury's still out because we still don't know. So I think it makes sense. I think it does make sense keeping P. Ryan where we drafted him. In spurts last year, he did show you a little something. They threw the ball to him 11 times. I think he caught it every single time or 10, 10 out of 11 times. So he has he has some skills. But I, the Adams part, I think, surprised me more than anything um, with the running backs. What do you think, Kevin, when it comes to these running backs? Is that how you thought it would shake out with the with the, with the the depth chart there? Uh, not at all. Um, I, I, I think I'm a little a hybrid kind of everybody, right? Because I expected that the uh... – you know, Josh Adams would also be kept. He just looked better. Uh, and I, I think that's just the, the eye test. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're paying attention to what's going on, he just flashed more. Um, who knows if that's because of the type of, uh, you know, opportunities that he's being given. You know, we, we have to take a look at play calling when it comes to something like that specifically. But um, just just visually, I thought he would have made the team. Um, P. Ryan, especially with the injury, I think C.J. touched upon that also. I kind of thought that would, would have made him a casualty. Um, I mm. thought P. Ryan was going to be, you know, would, would be released. And uh, and maybe we might, you know, try to see if we can get him back on the practice squad also and, and, and kind of, you know, slide him in and later on. I don't know. Um, maybe they felt like they if he hit the, you know, the way where he, he wouldn't make it back out. Um, I don't really like it the way that it is, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Oh. Well, oh, you you don't like them. You don't you don't like that they only kept the four guys and, and let yeah. Adam go. You rather have more diversity back there in the backfield. I, I I think so, and I think that P Ryan is is the one of a kind guy, right? And that's the you know we, we how many how many times did we did we cringe at the the Frank Gore you know three yards in a cloud of dust oh, type running stuff that they're wah, wah, saying wah, wah. that uh, you know he kind of brings <laughs> to the table, which is the reason why they wanted to keep him. Uh, I, I'm I'm, I'm kind of not a fan, but I, I'm not going to say I'm not a fan of Piran. I'm just not a fan of that style of football. Neither am I. I'm <laughs> telling you, I wanted to do now, something different. Now, now let me ask you. Now, I wanted. Right. I wanted. Just, I kind of got stuck in that. But I yeah, it, it, it wasn't. I I, 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 I question that just because I, I thought it should have been flopped. Yeah, I hear you. Gotcha. I agree. I agree with you. I agree, Kevin. I agree with you 100. percent I want to ask Nick Kronk a question, Wookie. You see this New Jersey I got. Number eight. I can't. We can't hear you, Nick. What What is going on with the audio? I'm sorry. I just. He's I all right. Just, he's all right. I, I um, muted myself because I coughed. I apologize. Out of respect. Out of respect for the show, he's a professional. That's muted himself. Up. He was segueing now, back in. I, I, Nick, you see this new jersey? You like it? I do. Is that is that that's like a black on green? I can't. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was it's a, a dark. A, I think he's talking okay. about the players who he's it's excited a, about. It's, a, it's oh. Elijah Moore, the guy that was stolen from me during our draft. Oh boy. Very very. Do you want to? I'm still. Furious. Let me tell. Let me tell the boys tell the the story about what Can I tell happened? these guys what occurred because Michael, Mike had a meltdown this past oh weekend. God, and emotionally, we I have did. a, and I won't go in too deep into it. We have a fantasy it's football league. Group. He got, he got, and we have a league. It's in his seventeenth year, guys. Full team keeper. So, for instance, say you do draft Elijah Moore, he could be on your team for the rest of your life. You know, if you draft Rogers or you draft Mahomes or you draft Saquon Barkley, whoever it is, 
they're on your team forever. So there's a lot of stake in the draft in our league. It's just rookies. And Mike had Elijah ready there. And our boy swooped in on purpose. He's been saying for two months he's going to do this to Mike. And he, he doesn't even need him. Doesn't even need the player. He has and, seven fucking watchers. And I have, I have my big TV up. I have my screen up. Zoom. Mike's on the screen. Everyone can see him. And he had a full on. He started ripping people apart, cursing. Mike's a holy man, guys. You understand? This, this is a guy. He's at church every weekend doing the right thing, living his life the right way. And he lost his fucking mind. Like I've never seen. I've never seen you get that mad, Michael. CJ. I've never seen you do that. CJ, it was so CJ, awesome. He came in. I was right about to pick. And he trades Sam Darnold of all people yeah, to this dude part. who I tried to trade Sam to and to get in and take a receiver when he had receivers already. Whatever. I got Michael Carter, though. So anyway, so I, I, I digress. I digress. So is that your segue to the wide receiver? It's a segue to the wide receivers. Now, <laughs> wide receivers, we were right, uh, essentially, but we got one wrong, both Keith and I. Keith thought Vincent Smith was going to make it. I did. I thought that Jeff Smith was not going to make it. We both got the Jeff Smith wrong. I really didn't. And, and Keith, to his point, he, he thought Vincent Smith was going to make it because of the special teams value, which makes total sense. Um, we all agreed Barrios and Mims and and Cole and Elijah Moore. Yeah, those are all easy uh, ones. Corey Davis. We all all agreed on that. But I was I was kind of surprised with Jeff Smith making it. Uh, what 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 do you think about that, CJ? Well, I was a little bit disappointed that Vincent Smith got cut. Yeah, me too. What was I? Yeah, yeah. Me too. The, the reason being is because at the beginning of OTAs and, and stuff like that. I was very, very down on Vincent Smith. I thought he had no business being on this roster. Same thing with Braxton Barrios. I felt like that they were just products of a crappy situation. Yeah. Because of the play calling of Adam Gase. And that's the reason why they got thrust into the forefront. Well, both Vincent Smith and Braxton Barrios basically made me, made me eat my words. And you know what? I would much rather be wrong about a player and that player actually benefit the New York Jets then be right about a player, and then they end up being an albatross. Oh, absolutely. I know what you mean. Okay. So, Vincent Smith did nothing but ball out. So did Jeff Smith for a little bit. So did Braxton Berrios. And believe it or not, Vincent Smith, you know, I'm, I'm hoping he ends up on the practice squad. Me too. Because that kid, if he's, when, when he's given the opportunity, he could be something special. Is he a number one? No. He could definitely be easily a number three, number four receiver. That is like, you know, you can count on this guy to get you those tough yards. So I, I, I wish him the best. I'm a little disappointed that he didn't make it. Like I said, a little surprised that he didn't make it, but we really got a stacked wide receiver room. I mean, Oof. we we finally oh, yeah. fans can take a look at this wide receiver core and say, you know what? This is a legit threat in the NFL. Instead of having to talk ourselves into it and say, oh, well, this guy, he played decent during OTAs. He slacked off a little bit in training camp. What are we going to look at here? What is he going to be in the regular season? Oh, well, this guy played really well against the Bills, but he didn't do great against the Panthers. And he didn't do great against the Patriots. So maybe he does okay against the Broncos or the Titans when we play. Is that what we want to go back to? Because you know what? We've been living with this bullshit for 10 plus years. And, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm sick of it. I want a guy that I know, we get the ball in his hands, there's going to be some damage done, which means the Jet, which is going to result in some points for the New York Jets. That's what I want. So 
as, as far as I'm concerned, if it's a necessary casualty, if the, the Jets wide receiver core is better than advertised, then it's a bonus. That's the way I look at it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a wide receiver core that we're not you look at last year, guys, when we had games where I think Barrios was like the best receiver on the field. You know, because yeah. of injuries, because of how depleted we were. And then also separately the injuries combined those things, and we were throwing out some of the most saddest receiver cores I can ever remember. Mm-hmm. But now you signed Davis, you got Crowder, you got more, you got Cole. Um, Mims, I know he has been up and down in the preseason, but obviously someone you gotta still stick with and see what he can do because of the size and the speed. Especially say say Mims doesn't ball and he we just use him in the red zone. Still a weapon there in the red zone with the size and what he can do. And even a little guy like Barrios. Barrios, I don't know if Barrios is going to go out there and shake cornerbacks, right? But if he does get the ball in space, because everyone's paying attention to all these other guys, you know he can make something happen. No, that's kind of what he's good at. And I was a little disappointed Vincent Smith didn't make it. had the most yards of any Jet in preseason. Thought he would be on the squad. Jeff Smith did run with the ones on that second game. He looked decent enough, um, you know. But, hey, we can't complain. This is the best receiver core we've had in a long time. I think that they put weapons around Zach that Sam Darnold wishes he had the whole time he was here. When it comes to this wide receiver, I want to ask you, Jimmy, uh, was there any surprises for you at all? Uh, yeah, Vincent Smith. I, I think that he showed out a little bit better in the preseason than than Jeff Smith did. Uh, and this coming from, I'm kind of along the same lines as CJ, where I was like, both Smiths should be gone. Like, we shouldn't have these guys plugging up roster spots on a very depleted wide receiver room. So, like, that was an issue that needed to be rectified. Um, so, yeah, Jeff Smith, I mean, <laughs> there's wide receivers, whether we were right or wrong, unless there was a lot of movement at the top with these roster cuts, I don't think that anybody is really, you know, questioning how this how this particular no. room shook out. So, so I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. I, I think we're probably going to be a very, very dangerous mm-hmm passing attack uh moving forward well we better Um, be with that secondary but i digress i mean i know the position i want to get to next too um i I just want to say one thing i'm sorry go ahead continue sam darnold is uh he's not gonna be the new boobs new hairdo girlfriend (laughs) ex-girlfriend because i've said it on weapons hot and this is this is uh on worldwide sports radio network for posterity Sam Darnold is uncoachable. There wow. you go. There you go. Put into the universe, Sam Darnold, and he's the mistakes wow. he's making. Are you saying? And I, I don't know. I'm going to try to get into your mind right now, Jimmy Darnold. What I'm, what Keith saw from Sam Darnold his years here was the same mistakes he made at USC. Came to the pros, and I'm sure he got coached up. He made the same mistakes in the pros. I know Adam Gase was kind of a scapegoat. Are you saying you didn't see him grow as a player, and you feel like that's just him not being able to be coached? No, not at all. He 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 played for one of the top programs in California at San Clemente High. They have top elite coaching. And he flashed in high school, which got the attention on him nationally. Now, you're going to flash against high school kids. That's going to happen if you have talent, which I'm not saying Sam Darnold doesn't have talent. He does. But he flashes against high school kids to a large degree. USC notices him. They say, I want that kid. He goes to USC. He flashes to a lesser degree against college kids. You're still going to flash. But the fact is, is you've had good coaching at high school. You had good coaching at USC. You've worked with Jordan Palmer, a quarterback guru, for five-plus years. And you have never been able to put consistent top quality quarterback play on the field ever. Well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. There was one time where we did see growth and that was in his rookie season 
when he mm-hmm. started off playing with the Bills and then against the Texans and then against the Packers. I did see the feet looking better, the mechanics looking better, the decision-making looking better. And that's what had us all really excited. And then yeah. they went to Gase and it he lost all of it. And then he had, uh, you know, when he got mono and then that was it. I mean, essentially his, his career was over after the mono thing. I mean, and then he saw ghosts and forget it. So, you know, it, it is what it is, but let me, let me just ask this question now. We're talking about roster spots. Chris Herndon, gone. Now, Mike Ligaris did not have Herndon making the squad. Now, I didn't know that they were going to trade him. I didn't have Herndon making it, and I didn't have Herndon making it because I'm watching him playing in preseason in the late rounds. In the late, in the late, uh, and when I see a player that's being running with the threes and he should be a one, like that kind of unless you were drafted by that regime you know that to me is kind of like one of those red flights so i didn't have him making the squad right i had griffin making who did make it and i had croft making it and i was wrong on Trayvon wesco and i was wrong on brown they ended up keeping all four keith had brown didn't have brown and he had herndon so uh, you know what i'm glad we've traded him away we do need tight end help um what so uh, let me ask Wookie because we haven't asked him Wookie do you think that the Jets made the right decision moving on from Chris Herndon and going with Tyler Croft in the squad I think they did I mean obviously they've seen enough more than I mean even you guys that do all the work I mean you you're there's nobody more in touch with the Jets community or what's going on than you guys both of the both of the podcasts here Jimmy as well um so obviously they've seen more of him than you guys and they're like you know what there's an opportunity to get something for him before we're probably going to dump him anyway. Why not? That I mean, that's smart. That's smart. And if he ends up doing anything in Minnesota, all right, whatever. You know, you 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 cut your losses at that point. But sure, you, you got to do what's right at this point. And obviously, like to your point, Mike, guy that should be a one getting ran in there with the threes. I mean, it's not a good look. <laughs> he's he's running in there with the threes for a reason. Yeah, definitely a red flag, especially if, I mean, Tyler Croft, when he was healthy in Buffalo, wasn't a bad tight end. He was decent. Kurt Griffin's pretty decent when he's healthy, but he wasn't healthy in this preseason. Tyler Croft, you would think, Hernan, the incumbent, it would just take him having a pretty decent training camp to keep that spot. Absolutely. And how I, let me tell you guys something, forget about me, I'm a broken record. I haven't been on Herndon's bandwagon in a long time. When I knew it was over for Herndon, now he got traded. We got some value for him. So this almost lends more evidence of the fact that he did still have some value out there. But when Kevin Jackson... When I saw Kevin Jackson in our chat, be like, you know what? I'm done with this dude because nobody's had his back. <laughs> Nobody is. You're right. You're right. Nobody. And I'm going to give you credit. No one has rode with him longer. Kevin and I have debated this, right? No one's rode with him longer. No one has had his back longer, supported him. You said he could do this. He could do that. And I respect it. The Jets yeah. still did get a fourth uh, round pick for him. So there was still value there. I can't say there wasn't. But as so far as this team, Kevin say he did make the squad. Would you have been surprised if you did make a team and didn't we didn't end up getting traded? Because you you it seemed like uh, you just you were done. You were done with Chris Herndon. I I was I, you know what I, I wasn't surprised when they traded him. Um, I I didn't expect us to get a fourth again. Mm. You know I'm looking about it to, to Joe Douglas right now because uh, I I think there was things on the film that showed that he's functionally still a player. I just didn't see any heart, man, and 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 that's. Yes, more than exactly. Look, and and and, and you'll know. Yeah, Mike, uh, Keith, this is this is not something that we haven't already discussed, like ad nauseum. Not not, not just on the show uh, in particular, but but in, in the chats, because the kid 
has the physical ability, right? Or at least that's what we expected. Yeah. Um. He he just there was there was too much missing, right? Mm. And again, I applaud them for making a move the way with when they did. I think he was really the only question mark in the tight end room, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that you know what what it is that they did is they just solidified the fact that you know we have a, a early round draft pick uh, in 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 twenty two that we're going to have to assign to tight end. Um, but you know just what it is that we have uh, the guys are decent enough with blocking and just functional enough with being able to catch. Um, I still you know expect that they're going to add somebody, but Chris Herndon pissed me off, man. No. <laughs> if they just just release something on Chris Herndon because that 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 this is one of the biggest issues that I have with you know uh, players who, who come in and, and, and just make a mockery of the game by not playing hard and that's kind of what it is that i feel about chris Hearn. i feel like he didn't he just wasn't trying to play hard you know like like the, 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 the this 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 starting position this 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 well you know uh storied you know tight end in this offense type of you know availability and all of that and you have the the the, the chance to really take control you know step up to the game make you know make exactly. your name be who it is that we thought that you were going to be when we drafted you, and you know, as as a young kid, when you, when you were actually showing some flame, showing some fire, making some catches, you know, you know, being being involved and excited. These past couple of games that I've been, I've, I've watched every snap of him in the preseason. I had to because I I, I had to kind of I had to clarify it for myself. He, he looked yeah. like he wasn't even true. Yeah. yeah, no. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's just hard to accept the truth, and I accepted it. Unfortunately, I didn't want to, but it is what it is. It's the same thing with Sam. And a lot of you know, and we as Jeff fans go through a lot of that. But let me let me just let me give you one real big surprise for me is what the off what happened with the offensive line, and I would love to hear your opinion, CJ. I'm going to and 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 Keith before CJ really. We didn't keep a backup center, guys. Guys, nah, guys, gone. guys, we, we, we kept Becton, obviously, Elijah, Connor, Rand Roten, Moses, Morgan, uh, Morgan Moses, which is our starters, and then George Fant, and then Chuma Adoga. Your boy Feeney made it too, Mike. Did Feeney make it? I think, boy, I think Feeney made the squad, yeah. Did Feeney make yeah, he's technically he'll technically I think be the backup. Center. Okay, okay, so Feeney Me, I could be wrong. Make it. Okay, yeah. I, I apologize, and I had. Uh, I had Le- uh, Levin, I had Murray making it, uh, I had Connor McDermott making it. Uh, I know he got hurt, but I mean, I'm kind of looking at the offensive line like, damn, this is, I mean, I guess we are, we got backing a tackle, but sure. know, with guard center, it's kind of thin. What do you, uh, what do you think, Keith? Well, I think that Joe Douglas obviously has made a priority to have the offensive line be good. And the starting offensive line is going to be our best starting offensive line in as long as I can possibly remember. The depth does look a little shady because Adoga hasn't really shaken out. Cameron Clark's going to be on the IR. Um, Font, I think, a tackle. That's if that, that how it is. If, if Moses, Moses is the starter, I don't know if that was announced or not. Uh, I may have missed that, Mike. But if he is the starter and Font's the backup, that's pretty solid at tackle. And Font does have a little bit of flexibility he played guard a little bit um with seattle I'm not saying he's okay. dominant there but um that's someone i think i think they paid font so much money and i think a lot of reasons he got that contract back in the day when we talked talk about him like was his versatility so i think that's what they're banking on maybe yeah, they're looking at him as a backup sense. to more than one position um what do you guys think jimmy i know you're an offensive line guru uh what do you think about the o-line dude you kind of took the words right out of my mouth they the the depth does look a little bit shaky until you until you remember that Fant is going to be that that swing tackle slash guard backup. So 
he can play left side, right side on the interior. He can also play that right tackle spot really effectively. If needed, he can be left tackle as well really effectively. So all over the line, he's he's a really good really good option as far as depth. Um, I'm surprised, very surprised that Chuma Hidoga is still wearing the mm. jersey. Yes. Like that's that's just mind blowing to me. I I don't I don't get I don't get that at He's all. He's like Dakota Dozier, right? Just Completely. Right. <laughs> the dandelion that doesn't go away, right? right. The New York dandelion. <laughs> Brent Cavalli and freaking Ben Igelana. Yeah. What do you think, CJ? With this O line, you worried about depth at all? You worried about anyone going down in the first string? There, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah, of course I am. Especially with the fact we have no backup center, so I I don't expect. Joe Douglas to go into week one without a backup center. So I guarantee you that he's probably right now as we speak, combing the waiver wires for a backup center who he feels could be good enough to be able to come in and to, and to do the job that he's being that he's being expected. But again, if this 53, especially this, this offensive line, this offensive line can stay relatively healthy, help keep Zach Wilson upright. Mm. Yeah, then we're, we're finally going to see something we haven't seen in a few years, which is an actual competent New York Jets offense. If we would have just drafted Creed Humphrey, like I said four months ago, everything would be fine. Yeah, we had the picks to do it, too. Oh, uh, yeah. we would have snagged him. Yeah. But what do you think, Kevin Jackson? You happy with this O-line, how it shook out? Fans outplayed Morgan so far. I think that's kind of the reason why he's still in the mix at, at – at, uh, at right tackle, but the, 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 him him on the interior is still a question mark for me. Um, Feeney, I think I, I think Feeney is an interesting part of this line because he sucks, right? Like he's really bad. He was bad last. He guard. got oh Kevin. I didn't interrupt you. Like, he got replaced in a preseason <laughs> game, right? Which you don't see happen ever. Look, Fe- Continue. No, Feeney's a bum, but 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 the fact that he can play three positions, right? Yeah, play. I say mean, though. <laughs> play. Mike doesn't want to hear it. Mike's not a Feeney fan. I mean, the mullet oh, does it enough, but, you know. Right? I think the offensive line is better. I, I'm just – Yeah. I'm just, oh, yeah. You know, I, I, that's the point blank period to that, right? I think they're better. Um, oh, but, yeah. But we, but we do have some question marks because, because the depth has been an issue for us. I mean, we're not so far removed from that as an organization, especially with – the, the roster the way that it was, but now just the offensive line specifically, we brought in, a, we brought in you know, quite a few guys, um, but we're still one guy away from, oh shit, you know, uh, we're seriously in trouble now. Right? Okay, now that's true. We're one away, but can I give you a position group that it is, oh, right now, I want Jeremy Jardine to tell the world about our cornerback situation because he said something to me today. I almost, I said, no guys, there's literally kids out there, like kids that are starting. Like, I don't even know what's going to happen this season. Like we better score a lot of points. Jimmy, talk to us, tell our fans what's going on at the cornerback position for the New York Jets, please. So now before bless Austin was cut, the cornerback room, uh, this is the corners and the backups that are going to be playing the one, two, and then the slot. So yep. these are the primary corners, not like a Justin Hardy, who's primarily lab- he's labeled as a corner, but he's special teams. Um, out of those seven guys, they had a total of five years of NFL experience. Now, this is also confirmed the, the New York Jets secondary right now is the youngest 
starting NFL secondary in NFL history. And so they had five what? years. Of total. Yeah, total. <laughs> I brought this up actually last week on Weapons Hot, or this this last week on Weapons Hot. Uh, we put them in the front office segment because what I'm about to tell you next, um, I don't think Wookie was in here for this one because I, I think you're going to shit a chicken for this one. <laughs> Let me just tell you. So they had five years of NFL experience. The, all seven guys combined in our cornerback room are a total of $3 million 2021 cap hit. Total. Wow. That is now, crazy. Now, now for context, for context, for context, the New England Patriots just cut Cam Newton and paid him $2.2 million the beginning of the summer. So, so essentially they cut their they paid more to someone who's not even going to play it down for them. Oh, uh, they paid little less to a player that's not going to play it down for them than the New York Jets paid their entire position group. Wow. That's insane. Mike, I'll give you another context, one you'll like. Dan Feeney's cap hit this year is four million bucks. You like that, Mike? How do you like that, Michael? <laughs> now, pay the man. This one, this one's kind of an odd figure as well. This one's kind of an odd figure as well. So bless Austin gets cut. Now that removes three years out of that five years of NFL experience from our group. But he was also the lowest paid corner at eighty-one thousand dollar cap hit this year. So I don't understand. Crazy. And he was look and look. I we went into this Keith and I in the beginning, 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 and I was like, I don't even know. I don't know if Bless is going to make it. Right? We had this discussion. Yep. But I've watched him and Kevin. This is I. We can address what we were talking about. I was really keen on him all preseason, right? Training camp, and he was one of the better performers at camp every day. I have the metrics to show you that the beat writers were calling Bless on Austin's name over and over saying he had a great day, he had a great day, he had a great day, right? And then we had the, obviously the preseason games. I thought he was clearly the number two, clearly. And, and I was like, okay. And then they cut him and I'm like, Ooh. and the thing is my boy who I thought was gonna start was Isaiah Dunn. And he looks like, yeah. Nothing. Like, I don't want him starting. Are you kidding me? Did you not see last week what he looked like? No, yeah. he can't start at cornerback. Okay. Um, so cornerback is interesting how this worked out. I, I just, was, I'm really blown I, I away. And I'm, I'm, fr I'm, I'm, I am concerned. I am very concerned about what we're looking at right now because I, if some Sam Darnold goes back there and starts slinging it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to see that week one, Kevin. What, 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 what did, what did you think? I think Blessing Dunn suffered from the same um, kind of uh, ailment that, that caused them to be out of here. And that was uh, they just really look, kind of look lost in situations where they're supposed to know better. Um, look, but Bless, I, I saw Bless make a, a couple of plays. And I'll say he'll make, he'll make tackles, right? But he's not necessarily making plays, which means that he's constantly kind of behind. And for a guy that's supposed to be, you know, uh, what, what the elder uh, guy on the team uh, in, in in that room? Um, it, it it just didn't look right to me. I'm just gonna be honest with you. It, it, it and, and I I heard what it is that they were saying. Oh yeah, he looks great in practice. It just wasn't translating into the games. And I watched the games multiple times. 
Bless didn't look to me like uh, somebody I would feel comfortable at at number two. Echoes looked a little bit more like it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And we, we saw we saw some of the young guys actually step up and, 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 and make plays. But also we saw that there's some of the inexperience in that room. And I think I, it, it's a question to me um, that they that they have so much confidence in the coaching staff that they feel like they can get these guys to be functional on this level and I'm, I'm excited to see it because I think there's a lot of talent but the, the talent I think it, it especially in this case is the talent that's in that 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 you know that that coaching role who are the people that are responsible for getting these guys ready putting them in position to make plays to be ready you know to to kind of step up when when we know they're going to be challenged because we have you know the, the kind of the, the glaring flashing light and that you know the youth there is extremely attractive for attack right no you're right and you know what coach sala said today we're not trying to win in spurts we're trying to win long term so they got these young kids and guess what our boy keith javelin javelin Gidry. i think he's going to be the starting corner opposite hall i think that's how it's going to shake out mike i know i don't know jimmy jardine i know he's cornerback expert might have different uh i'm gonna i want to see what you think too dude about who's going to start but the way it looks now with bless not being there i think Gidry, at least the way you first of all Gidry covers pretty decent he's fast as hell as we know any tackles so he does everything pretty decent. What do you think, Jimmy? You think that's going to be the other corner starting week one? Uh, yeah, I think we have Bless on Austin and Javelin Gidry on the outside and uh, Michael Carter with uh, Isaiah Dunn uh, sharing time in the middle. Um, right, right. Uh, but also, don't don't put it past Joe Douglas to wait and see what Jacksonville may be doing with C.J. Henderson. Because C.J. Sure. Henderson oh, was interesting. Last year. Interesting. Yeah. So we might not have heard anything about a trade for CJ Henderson because Joe Douglas wants to let Jacksonville sit there and see what they're going to do. If they, if they put him on the practice squad, Joe Douglas will snatch that kid up in a heartbeat. Sure. And Jacksonville's coaching was absolutely abysmal last year on both sides of the ball, just like ours was. And I think CJ Henderson is a far better corner than PFF is making him out to be. So um, that, that could be an option as well. Okay. CJ, what do you think, CJ, when it came to this cornerback room? I know this preseason, there's been a lot of talk about who's going to make the team. We have a million young kids. Are they going to keep eight, nine, ten corners or whatever? What do you think about how it shook out? I'm actually curious with the way that the group shook out because I expected at least one veteran there to mm -hmm. at least be able to provide some sort of veteran leadership. We have a vet, Bryce Hall. He's the vet now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would have expected to bring for them to bring somebody in to kind of calm the kids down if they start overthinking things, because sometimes the game could get too fast, especially when you're a rookie, you're getting out there, you're thinking about different things. You forget what your assignment is. You, you have a hard time processing it. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time for you to catch up with the speed of the game until you get to a point where you feel comfortable within the position that you're supposed to play. That being said, I would have expected at least one, possibly two vets to kind of rein the kids in, be like an on-the-field coach, and on-the-field mentor, and so on and so forth, to kind of give some teaching moments. But instead, they're going with the entire youth movement, which, in a way, you're, you're kind of saying to yourself, oh, shit. But in a way, you're also kind of saying to yourself, hmm, you know what? These kids are going to get baptism by fire. They're going to learn by the old-fashioned way by getting thrown into the deep end of the pool and whoever's going to swim, whoever learns the quickest to swim is who's going to make it. And that's, a, uh, that's I think, could be the makings 
of possibly a very, very good secondary for the New York Jets for years to come. And of course, cap friendly, right? Everybody's on rookie deals. You get the opportunity to develop players, right? What, what was the last player that the New York Jets developed, guys? I can't remember them. Marcus May. It's been a while. Marcus May is the only guy who's like a long-standing jet that we drafted that's been ride or die that's still good. Maybe Quentin Williams is only in, what, how many years has Quentin played? So you got to think of it with CJ saying, how when's the last time we drafted a guy that's played his career here that we developed as a jet, which I totally David understand. David Harris. When's, when's the last time we actually gave a second contract to anybody? Right? Yeah, I'd say, I'd Very say rare. David, <laughs> I would say David Harris uh, and then the, you know, Brick. Well, Brick and Sean Mangold, yeah, of course. You know, sure. that, that was the last time. You CJ, what do you think about uh, the back end of the secondary here with the safeties? We kept Joyner. Obviously, uh, Joyner's a starter. Obviously, we got Marcus May. Um, they brought Neesman back. Only three safeties. you have any concern with that? Ashton Davis also starting the year off on the IR. I uh, want to throw uh, that in there as well. Right. Our safety group, I have to say, is going to be pretty nasty. And I'm, I'm really excited to see them play because everyone brings a different dynamic to the table. Okay, you got guys that are ball hawks, you got guys that are great in coverage, you got guys that are great in set pieces and set packages where they can cover and shift off. You've also got guys on here that have enough speed that if they're sent in on a safety blitz, that they could come in and they could blast the quarterback given the opportunity if they can, you know, the jet defense gives them, gives them the opportunity to blast them. So there's going to be a lot of different looks. I think uh, I'm kind of, very curious to see what this 4-3 defense is going to go, is going to look like. Um, there's been a lot of talk. We could see a lot of 4-2-5 looks. So I really would like to see that. And and, I, and one of the things that I want to see is when you take a look at San Francisco, right? When Robert Sala was defensive coordinator, we saw their, their cornerbacks and their safeties brought in on a lot of different plays. It wasn't just coverage. But one of the things was if a guy was brought in on coverage, you that – that particular position, whether it was the cornerback or the safety, they knew that there was another layer, so they wouldn't allow a guy to get on top of the coverage or to be able to bust the coverage. So you kind of, in a way, eliminate some of the long plays. Now, what does that do? That also makes you soft in the middle. What's been the Jets' problem for the past decade plus? You're soft in the middle, right? We got linebackers that can't cover. Safeties always have to come up and have to blow assignments to come up and make a tackle. That leaves somebody running free in the secondary. So there's a lot of different things, a, a, a lot of different moving parts that I'm curious to see in regards to the safety group. Because as I said, you have a lot of different players who bring a different skill set to the table and how they're going to be deployed is going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah no, and that, I, that applies. Mike, I want to say, I want to throw to you and see what you think, Mike, about this too, because that applies to the linebacker group as well, where there's a chance we'll also be starting two rookies. Uh, Nasrul Dean and Sherwood might start too out there at strong side linebacker. Mike, what do you think about that? It seems like we're pretty thin at linebacker. Um, I know we got CJ in the middle there. Blake Cashman's in a little bit of a disappointment. How do you think that's going to work out this year for the Jets, Mike? Yeah, actually, we predicted it correctly. We just didn't know they were going to add Quincy Williams, brother of Quinnen Williams, yeah, to that true. linebacking core. Pretty cool. You got your brother there with you, so I don't really know much about him. Maybe like music. I... <laughs> well, we our our well, linebacking core is very young. We got two st rock, rookies starting. We got Cashman, so C.J. Mosley is going to have his uh, you know a, a lot on his plate, really leading that 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 position group until Jared Davis gets back here in another six weeks or so. But um, it'll be very interesting to see the different type of schemes that Robert Sala 
uh, lines up there. I am very really concerned about the secondary and concerned about how this defense is really going to address um, the back end. But I will tell you guys that when I showed Keith my initial 53-man roster, he said, Mike, I'm so surprised you've got 10 defensive linemen. I'm like, yes, yeah, son. Like, I love all these cats. And I was right, except for one. I got uh, has, um, um, Hamil Sard Rashid. I thought we were going to keep him, but we didn't, and we kept sure. him Ward. But we kept all these defensive linemen because how are you going to cut these dudes? How are you going to cut them? They're ridiculous. And my boy, Jonathan Marshall. Keith, I saw you had him pick two. Yeah. That's my boy right there. But I thought they'd keep Blair also, man. I know that Joe Douglas yeah. is a big fan of him. I thought he'd be on the squadron. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought he'd make the team. And there's a lot of talent there on the defensive line. Um, a lot of dudes. I mean, Nathan Shepard's still hanging on, Mike. This guy. Just, just, a, just, a, just a practice monster, I guess, this kid. Because he's still hanging on by, by the skin of his teeth. What do you think, uh, Kevin Jackson, when it comes to this D-line? We know we got Big Quinnen in there. We know we brought in Shaq Lawson, which is tremendous. Fill a little hole there. The rest of this D-line, any surprises for you? Uh, to be honest with you, no, because I expected that we were going to be, you know, heavily, uh, you know, kind of uh, credentialed there. Look, um, the defense specifically requires that the defensive line create havoc. That's kind of the whole point. Without that, a lot of what happens behind it really doesn't work. So um, when you when you as much as we discuss, you know, everything needing to begin in the trenches, those guys in particular are the straws that stir the drink. Um, right we need to have it be versatile as possible. Um, I think we know on defense that they have a type and it isn't just in that one position, but they like guys that are multiple guys that can do multiple things. Sure. Um, I think that's when you, when you have so many guys that can do so many different things, lining them up in different ways, you know, that, that kind of creates the necessary chaos that makes it possible for us to, you know, maybe feel like we can play with young cornerbacks and, you know, maybe allow some flexibility uh, if, if we do do the, the, the 4 2 5, which I think is a great idea. Um, I think we also would, would, would maybe look at some of these guys and, and, and have just have to say that they might be better suited for these wide open kind of, uh, you know, defenses that we're going to want them to play. But all of that is predicated on the defensive line getting pressure. How so, good yeah, no, is Shaq Lawson? How that, good? That, that to me That's my, my question to you, Kevin. How good is Shaq Lawson? What is he going to – we need that defensive – you just said it. You said exactly what is going to make this defense go. We need to pressure the quarterback. We lost our boy, torn yeah. Achilles. We pick up Shaq Lawson. How good is he? How good do you think he's going to make the Jet defense? 65, 70% of what it is that we expected from Lawson, we should expect. I was going to say the exact same thing, Kev. Okay. But I mean, I mean that, 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 to be honest with you, that is all I think that we should, if, if we get that, we'll be happy, right? Yeah. Um, I, because it, now, now you're talking about six, seven sacks, you're talking about pressure. Um, you're talking about being able to kind of push, you know, some of the action into some of the guys on the interior. And, and now we're talking about John Franklin Myers eating. We're talking about Quentin eating. We're talking about, you know, uh, 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 some of the young guys where, you know, maybe we'll see Bryce Huff, uh, you know, really kind of get an opportunity to, to, to kind of do something special here. So, um, you know, uh, Shaq Lawson, I, I honestly didn't think it was going to move the needle, you know, just so much. But uh, I really just think he just needs to be competent. If he's competent, I think that makes us that much better.
That's what's I, up. I can answer that, Michael. Uh, I can answer your question as far as why we kept 10 defensive linemen. Let me let me just run this down for you. Week one, Panthers. Week two, Patriots. Week three, Broncos, Titans, Falcons, Patriots, Bengals, Colts. We don't face a top offensive line until the Bills in November. That's why we kept 10 defensive linemen. And a bunch of scrub quarterbacks, too. I can't. Yeah, but Jimmy's right. Don't be surprised. The Panthers have one of the worst lines in the league. Don't be surprised if week one, we're just ripping it up. And all all those teams you mentioned, Jimmy, don't – none of those teams you mentioned have good offensive lines. None of them. Panthers especially. That's my full expectation. Panthers especially. Sam has the worst line or as good of a line as he does there as he did last year on our team. Yeah. Poor guy. And the Patriots, after the Patriots, like their O-line's been decimated. They got nobody left because they spent everything on two tight ends that are injury prone and way overpaid for those guys. Yeah, uh, and they all oh, they they're the ones that overpaid for Nelson Aguilar too, and like it, it's the Patriots are in shambles. The Dolphins, the Dolphins are a house of cards. The Dolphins are completely holographic. I they think look good on paper. I think they screwed themselves. I agree. They screwed themselves because of this Deshaun Watson BS. You got a I young, mean, fragile little quarterback with a cracked you know up he's hurt. with a cracked up hip. Okay, who's who? Who who doesn't Bo have Jackson the full? Hit. He does. Bo Jackson. He does. Hit. He does you, have the Bo Jackson hit. Thank you, Wook. You do. He does. Seriously, it was the same injury. Okay, and you had the entire offseason, all entire offseason. Everybody's saying, "Is two of the guy? Is he not?" A, so he already has all these clouds in his head. Then he sure. goes in preseason, right, and throws a pick that last in his first game, booze and everything like that. Has a second game, and then what happens? Right at the end. Deshaun Watson, the Miami Dolphins, are gonna, what, all that Watson talk is all up in his crib. In his oh, we head. love it. Love it. Love it, son. This That's cat, great for us. That, this cat screws up at all during the beginning of the season? Oh, son. You thought ghosts were bad for Sam. They're going to be Watson pictures just coming up everywhere he goes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they, they let his closer go to Washington. Fitzpatrick was the only thing holding that team together. Sure. That's true. CJ, what do you think, dude? We have Franklin Myers, Huff, Shaq Lawson, Quinny Williams, Fatukasi, Nathan Shepard, Rankins, Marshall. Uh, Any surprises there for you? No, not at all, believe it or not. I mean, just the trade of acquiring Shaq Lawson. Yeah, yeah. That definitely offsets the injury a little bit with Carl Lawson. I mean, granted, I know we we also wanted to make sure we had Gerard Davis back there at the linebacker spot to, to assist, but Acquiring Shaq Lawson, again, it doesn't mitigate it, but it definitely makes the the impact not as bad as it was if we would not have acquired anyone. Because then, chances are Jabari Zuniga doesn't get cut. Okay, so then you're hoping that he could come back and pull his head out of his ass from, from the knee injury that he suffered after he quit on two straight plays. Right. Okay, which I'm glad he got his ass busted, and I'm sorry. He deserved to get caught. I'm not going to defend that in, in any way, shape, or form. So that being said, Shaq Lawson comes in to, to a situation in which I think he's going to fit in nicely. Yeah. He's going to do very well, and I really think that he'll be able to pay some instant dividends for the New York Jets. That being said, our defensive line, even with the hits that we took, is still going to be one of the nastiest in the league. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be, and we gotta hope that's the rock, dude, because we're looking at the linebacker core and the secondary, at least on paper. These guys could be some great young players, but on paper right now, not a lot of experience. 
Um, so we'll see what happens with that. I look at I look at Shaq Lawson. It's like uh like Carl Lawson's like that brand new tire you spent one seventy five on. Then you drive out, you pop it, you hit it with the fixer flat. That's Shaq Lawson. It'll last you another forty miles. You know, it's not the same thing, but it'll hold you over for a hot minute. You know, that's how I look at Shaq Lawson, and I, I really I was, am happy I with the way. More, I was thinking more used tire. Right? <laughs> 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 hey, fix the flat fixes the flat. It should bring you back you a little while. Yeah, exactly. And he has. I think he's right around 40 pressures a season. I mean, you, yeah. plop, you plop that into what we're trying to do and create pressure with just those four guys up front. I think that's that's a big help. I mean, look, imagine, look, we've been asking for a pass rushing forever. Say there was no Carl Lawson. Imagine this alternate universe. He never existed. And we got Shaq Lawson this offseason. We'd all oh, be like, oh, this is pretty good. We'd be stoked, you know? So, you know, you guys know what I mean. What do you think, Jimmy? When it comes to this D-line, you think he's going to be able to be able to create some havoc there, Shaq Lawson off the edge? Yeah, and one thing that I that I want all the viewers and all the all the people that are a little bit nervous about this, about the injuries and stuff like that, the one thing I want you guys to just just take a breath on and take comfort in is this entire scheme, offensive and defensive, from from Lafleur, from Ulbrich, from Sala, is all about rotation. So it's not like Carl Lawson was going to be in there for eighty plays a game anyway. Okay. He was going to be rotated right, right. throughout. So we're still going to be okay. Shaq Lawson, like Kev said, I was going to say the same thing about 65, 70% of the void filled, I think. Um, but I'm not worried about it. And if this defensive line does what they need it to do, the cornerbacks are going to have an easier job. The safeties are going to have an easier job. They're going to be, they're going to stay rested. So the offense is going to be able to eat a little bit. And then we're going to put pressure on the defense on on the defenses of the other teams because of that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or on the offenses because of that, so we can start making offenses one dimensional. So like it all starts in the trenches, and that that's there's no more way to highlight that than let Quinnen, Bryce Huff, Shaq Lawson, Fadakasi, let those guys take quarterbacks' heads off all year long, and you're going to see something special. And I've still said it from. From after draft day, the Jets are going to win 11, and we're going to go into the bye week, the week six bye at 4-1. and one. Oh, you hear that? Wow. Did you hear that, AEBG fans? Wow, that dose of positivity coming from the Jimmy Jardine. My game. goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can you even imagine? I don't, I don't even know what that's like. I just want to win a game we before don't. Halloween. We don't know what it's like, do we? No. I just want to win a game before Halloween. Can we do that? 20, 2015 until week 17, we were riding a high, but. You know, but we don't know what that is anymore. And I think we have the staff to do it. It all starts and ends with coaching. Yeah, I, like, I realize with Deion Keith. Deion Sanders wasn't Deion Sanders before he had a good coach. I, I realize with Keith, we're older. So, like, for us, we're, like, down right now. But there's Jet fans out there that don't even know what it's like for the yeah. Jets to actually win. Do you understand yeah, how sure. bad they've been for so long? <laughs> like, we're long-term Jet fans. So, we know. We've been through Chad. We've been through mm -hmm. Ken O'Brien, all that. Everyone, right? But there's cats us. out there in high school. They don't even know. They're like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> we got guys, special teams. We've been looking for a kicker for a hot minute. And I'm not sure if we found one. We know how this kicker game works, guys. It's like relievers in the major leagues. One year they're good. One year they're not. It's always, it's always hit or miss. But Amendola, the brother of our boy, uh, the other Amendola running around the league, um, has been blasting balls to the uprights. I mean, looks confident. He's on Instagram taking selfies of himself left and right. I like the swagger. I like his leg. Made the squad, obviously. Brave man, the greatest punter of all time, Michael. The Michael Jordan and LeBron James combined of punting, Mike. Um, possibly a little hyperbole there, but not, maybe not. Also, we got our long snapper, Thomas Hennessy. We know he's a rock. You know he's making the squad. The greatest job 
in all of sports, I've said this my whole life, I'm raising Ever. my child. Now, my child's going to be half Asian because potentially he might not be cut out for the NFL, okay? But I will say this. I'm going to try and train this child to be a long snapper. <laughs> Just this one skill. You can play 15 years, make the NFL minimum, and retire with a nice, with a nice life, okay? I'm going to try my best. No, no surprises there for anybody when it comes to special teams, right? You know what, guys? Amendola, and I put this out there. I said, is, is Amendola really going to make the team? And the thing is, yeah. he hit. He was perfect. Blast He's perfect. Balls. He's perfect. Blast him. You know what? You know what? You earned it. Good job. You're not Sam Thicken. Sam Thicken actually is the kicker for the Titans, it looks like. Go out there, do what you got to do. If he doesn't do what he's got to do, then he has a one way trip to Los Huevos. Like is Thicken on the Titans? Thicken's on he the made the Titans. Titans? He's their kicker? I believe so. Yes. Oh, goodness gracious. I did not. I did not know that he made a squad. Good luck to him. Wookie, I know him. Senor must not be happy because I know he was really looking forward to Ficken, but he does have Cam down there. He's got Cam now. He'll, he'll take Cam for the time period. Uh, he wanted Ficken. He definitely, oh, I mean, he rubbing his palms, his little Los Huevos palms about <laughs> coming down. Also, they have very similar, very similar fashion sense between Senor and Cam. Very yes. similar gear they like to wear. Uh, <laughs> everything is hemmed much higher, and the shirts are cut much lower. All right, everybody. That's what we got for you this week. I'm so happy these guys joined us to give us their expertise and this information when it comes to this 53-man roster. Weapon Tot, you guys are the best. You show every single week. You hit it out of the park. Everybody that listens to AEBG, if you're not already subscribed to Jimmy's channel or Weapons Hot channel or supporting these guys, go out and do it right now. Just yep. Stop what you're doing. Hit pause. If you're watching on YouTube, hit pause. If you're watching your car. Stop what you're doing. Pull your car over on the shoulder. And watch these boys and know what's going on with them. Subscribe to all their social medias. Guys, why don't you give a shout-out to everywhere people can follow you. Jimmy, you had it up first. Uh, you can find me, like like it says on the screen, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Jets by Jimmy. All right. And from Weapon Talk, you can find us every Friday night on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network at 7 p.m. sharp. If you haven't already liked and subscribed, Weapons Hot, we got a Facebook page. Hit that like button. We got a YouTube channel, which is Uncensored, Weapons Hot After Dark. Y'all already know. <laughs> you already know that, too. That's where it's at. You we'll be coming up on there, too. That's right. September 10th. These guys, right? Wookie, Wookie promised the keg right. stand live on air. Yeah. Wookie, this, right. is, this is after hours. This is at keg the, stand. CJ yeah, keg stand. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said you I'll told me you were down. Beers. Oh yeah, no, we're going we're all in. in. I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Go with you. <laughs> with you. Own bottle, buddy. September tenth. Yes, the ain't easy being green podcast is going to be on weapons hot after dark. And let me tell you, we are going to give new meanings to the word after parties because Kevin Jackson <laughs> promised us strippers. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Talk about that. I'll be in Vegas, actually, for that. So I'll be calling from Vegas. Oh, hey, okay, Michael. So, you That's know what cool. I'm saying? I'm going there for the start of the season. So, Humble um, flex. You, know. you going there with wifey? I'll, I'll be going, going there with wifey. In, uh, yep. We're going to be, be in Charlotte for, the, for that first game, too. You're going to be right. in Charlotte. Oh, wow. Awesome. Oh, nice. That's, That's dope. dope. Nice. That's, That's going to be awesome. So anyhow, catch us on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner's in crime, Mr. Kevin Jackson, at Spotty Blackman. Ladies, make sure you write that down in your little black book. Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy and all his social media fandangles and stuff. Be sure to give his channel a follow. And also Mr. Harrison Glazer at NY Jets TF Media. You know, I probably should. Are oh, you done? I'm sorry, go ahead. Basically, any place you want to find Weapons Hot, 
we we are good to go. And you exist. They are they are omnipresent in the media world. Weapons hot, everybody. Uh, but Michael, if anyone does want to get at us, support us, support us, or be involved in the AEBG world in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? Well, on Facebook, you can find us at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. We are on YouTube. We are on SoundCloud. You can find us on any platform there. Please like and subscribe. We really enjoy it. Thank you. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, on behalf of the big sticking Wookiee, Nicholas Cronk, and on behalf of the boys from the Weapons Hot Podcast, my name's Keith Fowle. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out.